Today we continue this series of messages. Really, it's been on the church and God's vision for the church and how we are to interact uh, with one another as people of God. Uh, first, we looked at the very clear truth that we are all priests, we are all ministers. Today on Reformation Sunday, we especially remember that because one of the basic tenets of the Reformation was the priesthood of all believers, that we are all priests, that we all have the power through God to love one another as Christ has loved us and to be priests to one another. And then the last couple of weeks, we've taken a look at a couple of one another passages. There's a number of them in the New Testament that talk about how we are to interact with each other, what it means to really love one another. Last week, we looked at encourage one another. Today, we are going to look at um, carry one another's burdens. So let me read the scripture to us. It comes from the book of Galatians, and I'll read verses 1 through 6. Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. And here's the key verse. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks they are something when they are not, they deceive themselves. Each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. For each one should carry their own load. Nevertheless, the one who receives instruction in the word should share all good things with their instructor. Please join me in prayer. God, we ask that you would speak to us today with power and with clarity and with full conviction. Lord, we know that you have called us to deep community, to love one another as you have loved us, and we pray that today we, heard, we could get a little better picture of exactly what that means. And we pray that this would just not be information, but that you would, give a, you would transform us through the hearing of your word today to take another step in our walk with you. In Christ's name we pray, amen. I think one of the most, certainly, one of the most difficult things for me uh, in my pastoral role is being involved with people when they go through tragedies in their lives. Uh, when the storms of life just hit them out of nowhere. And as you can imagine, after oh, guy, 35 years of ministry, I've seen some tragic situations, those kind of situations where you enter into a room, you have no answers. <laughs> you really, it's a, what we call a ministry of presence. You're just, you're just there with a person who has been hurt. And I think one of the hardest things about entering into that situation like that is, you know, the question of why. We've all struggled with that. Why has this happened? Why does God allow things like this to happen? Why is there pain in the world when God is a good God? It's probably, I could say this with full confidence, the number one struggle that most people have with faith. Is why, do the bad, why do bad things happen to good people? And there really aren't any answers. You know what's interesting is that's the number one question that most of us have, and yet nowhere in the, nowhere in the Bible does that question get addressed. 
It just simply is a fact that these things happen in life. So it's hard. It's hard to be in situations like that. It's hard to see the pain of people you love. But perhaps the greatest joy in ministry is the opposite side of that coin. The greatest joy is to see God's people, the church, be the church, and to gather around a family or a person who has gone through tremendous uh, pain and a tragedy and to see the support and love and care that the church brings to people in times like this. I, I think this is perhaps the church at its best in moments like this. And this is when the church fulfills Christ's command to love one another as I have loved you. And when the church reacts like this, you know, that question of where is God during this pain is answered. God is in the people who come alongside, who encourage, who love. I think I've mentioned this before, but I had a, an associate pastor. He was our youth pastor, great young pastor, 38 years old. I remember one Christmas Eve, he said, Steve, you know, I've been having some trouble, gastrointestinal trouble, and I got to go get a test tomorrow. And, and he said, pray for me. And I thought, oh, it'll be nothing. Well, it was colon cancer. And so began at 38 years old, three little kids, great wife, great career ahead of him. So began a six-year journey that he and our church went through. Uh, with him going, I think he went through over 100 rounds of chemo. I mean, it was, he was better, he was sick, he was better, he was sick. It, it, they really controlled the cancer just through chemotherapy. One week of hell, another week of pretty good life, another week of hell, another week of pretty good life, and this is how it went. And he hung in there. I think because for his, his kids and his just desire, he loved the ministry to continue to be a pastor. Finally, after six years, it finally got the best of him. But during those six years, I saw the body of Christ live out the vision, I think, that God has for the body of Christ. Here's what happened. I remember there was one man in our church who, without asking, just what started going over to their house and did yard work every week. <laughs> Mowed the lawn, took care of whatever else had to be taken care of, six years. Another woman just went to Costco and got food for the family and filled the fridge. <laughs> Had a key to the house, just walked in, filled up the fridge, filled up some cabinets, and, and fed the family. Another group of people, they were a team. They drove Jim to chemo and other appointments. And others just sat with Jim so he wouldn't be alone during the day. Others just gave the family money because he was in and out of work. I think this is what this passage from Galatians means. When it says, carry one another's burdens. Bear one another's burdens. And so fulfill the life, the law of Christ. 
these people lightened the load for that family. And friends, we all need people like this in our lives, do we not? We do. We all need burden carriers in our lives. We all need people who will help share the load. We need people who will drop what they were doing and come to the hospital when we need them. We need people who will cry with us. We need people who will mourn with us. We need people who will pray with us. We need people who will extend grace to us and remind us that we are the beloved of Christ. We need people who will give us hope when we don't have hope. We need burden carriers. You see, I think one of the myths, the great American myths, is that we are self-sufficient. You know, I was an American history major, and one of the things I focused on was, what is it that really makes us uniquely American? Different from other cultures. And you're perhaps the one characteristic of Americans that really separates us or is just so clearly American is this independence. Is part of conquering the frontier. <laughs> and yet that's not how God has created us. God has created us for community. You know, Christianity is really simple. It's, you know, love God, be in relationship with God, know God's love, and be in relationship with other people. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind and strength and what? And just as importantly... Love your neighbor as yourself. I think what's really hurting us today is we are trying to carry all the burdens of life on our own shoulders. You know, as I have been studying for these sermons and reading and thinking about community, and I I think as I get to an age where I kind of just want to quit messing around with the stupid stuff and get focused on the important things. (laughs) Do you ever get to that point? I'm just realizing that God calls us to a depth of community that very few Christians, very few churches really get. He wants us to experience community that's more than just, you know, cocktail party friendships. He wants us to encourage each other. He wants us to to carry each other's burdens, to be there for each other. And the more I walk the life of faith, the more I am convinced that God's grace, God's love, God's presence is most often communicated to us through other people. We are conduits of God's grace and power to the people around us. I was reading something by Eugene Peterson this week. Eugene Peterson is one of my mentors, at least through reading. And he's the the person that wrote the message, which is, I think, the best paraphrase of the Bible. He wrote something that really struck me this week. He said, friendship is as much, is a much underestimated aspect of spirituality. It's every bit as significant as prayer and fasting. You know, if you're not experiencing God's power in your life, if, if you're not really growing in grace, if your spiritual life is a big bit stagnant, if you're kind of bored with it, 
then I would say, look at your relationships. Are you in the type of relationships that we've been talking about these past few weeks? Because we will all experience times in our lives when we need someone to share our burdens, as well as celebrate the joys of life. This is what Jesus says. He said, you don't want to see what love really looks like? Carry one another's burdens. You know, the law of Christ, of course, is love one another. As I have loved you, all the law is summed up in love God and love one another. This is what one author, Jerry Sitzer, says in his book, Love One Another. He said, God's love in us is the power to pierce the privacy of another's suffering and feel the pain of it. Can I reduce a neighbor's suffering by taking it on myself, taking that burden? The answer is that loving entrance into the pain of another can carry pain away. Some of our pain is precisely that of having no burden carrier in our lives. Consequently, some of the most dramatic relief comes when someone enters our lives and accepts our burden as his. You know, have you noticed recently, you know, I, I read the New York Times pretty carefully every day, you noticed if you read that or other publications, this is other publications as well, all of the articles on loneliness and how to make a friend <laughs> and the crisis of, of community in our country today. Did you know that Britain established a ministry post? They have a ministry of loneliness now in their government to deal with this epidemic of loneliness in Great Britain. There are a lot of articles, and I think it's partly due to, you know, this pandemic has made us look at our lives. At least I hope it has, huh? Look at our lives. What really makes up our lives? I mean, is it just work, 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 work? And making money? I don't think so. We're more than that. We're made for relationship. I especially liked one article from a couple months ago. A lot of these articles have been about men, actually, and the lack of relationships for men today, which has always been the case, but even more now. There was one article where a young man in his 30s didn't think he'd ever get married, found the right woman, they decided to get married, and he had a dilemma. Did you see this article? You know what the dilemma was? He couldn't think of someone to be his best man. And the article was about this. I read another one where the person said, you know, the real test of friendship is who will drive you to your colonoscopy and back? (laughs) I have to admit, I have driven a friend, a single friend of mine to his colonoscopy and back. So I'm a good friend. But I think we are, we're, we're, we're experiencing this epidemic of loneliness. Of not having the type of relationships that Paul talks about here in Galatians, of, 
of having people who will actually enter into our pain. Do you have someone like that? Do you have someone who you could, who you could ask to be your best man if you were to be married or to take you to a colonoscopy? Or I always say, do you have someone who you can call at 2 a.m. in the morning? I have a good friend, a pastor, who, whose wife on their anniversary a couple weeks ago told him, I, I don't want to be married anymore. The only reason I'm staying with you is for the kids. I'm sick of being a pastor's wife. I, I don't want to do it anymore. I'm just hanging in there because of the kids. Oh my gosh, as he was telling me this, I entered into his pain. I told him, I said, you know what? I'm here for you. Call me any time of day, any time of night, 2 a.m. I'm here for you. I'll pray with you. I'll listen. I'll walk you down off the cliff. Whatever it is you need, I'll do it. Right as I was preparing this message today, I got a call from him. He said, Steve, I'm having a panic attack. I got to get ready to preach. You know, all the stuff that goes on on Sunday morning. I said, all right, I'll pray for you. Prayed for God's strength, for encouragement, for him to be empowered beyond himself. Obviously, I said, I don't, I don't know how you're doing this but I'll pray for God's strength. 2 a.m. friends. Colonoscopy friends. <laughs> Carrying one another's burdens. You know, I, I think there's, in all of these one another passages, and Don's going to take one next week, there's this sense of mutuality. You give and you receive. You give and you receive. And for some of us, the giving is easy. But the receiving is hard. But there's a mutuality. You carry burdens and you allow others to carry your burdens. It's a two-way street. It's like that great theologian Yogi Berra once said. If you don't go to someone's funeral, they won't go to yours. <laughs> you just got to love that guy, right? I want to challenge us. You know, this is going to be my last church I pastor, no doubt. I want to see us live out God's vision for the church. To love one another. As Christ has loved us. To take risks to be vulnerable. And in, in a place like we live, boy, that's hard. You always want to put your best face on, best foot forward, but I think to really be loved, to experience love, takes risk, takes trust, takes commitment, it takes time. You know, some, some of us are just so busy, we don't have any margins, we have no room for relationships. You can't fit community into 10-minute slot. You can't listen in a hurry. You can't be with a friend in pain in a hurry. You can't carry one another's burdens in a hurry. Friends, community. And boy, talk about being an attractive church. Can you imagine how attractive? You know, we, we talk about all the things we can do 
to be an attractive church to others. Well, here's, here it is. Can you imagine being with a group of people that love one another, that carry one another's burdens, that serve one another, that encourage one another, that walk alongside one another, that cheer one another on? Oh, make my dream complete, huh? Can we do this? We need it. It's the way God has created us. Love one another, says Christ, as I have loved you. Amen.